Hi, my name is Kevin McQuillan, and the following pre-recorded conversations are my attempt to make sense of the human experience through the practice of yoga. I hope you enjoy. Okay, fine morning to you. This is day two of advanced yoga teacher training. Not all of you are participating in that, but you're participating in the practices, and that's great, and welcome. So we're going to shape the, the content for today, the focus of today. And the focus today is on vulnerability. Hmm, a terrifying experience, vulnerability. And uh, your interpretation of vulnerability matters. It absolutely does. And what you notice with uh, this particular concept, you'll have a perspective that supports you being vulnerable and leads you into a particular outcome and probably an outcome that you appreciate and like. And then a countering perspective. It sounds something like vulnerability is a bad idea and you should stop it as quickly as possible and don't do it, it's too threatening. And these are the perspectives that we get to move back and forth to and from with when it comes to vulnerability. And so I want to lay out what uh, interrupts vulnerability. And it's two particular emotions. There's going to be more, but two particular emotions, fear and shame. Fear and shame. Two very prevalent emotions that we experience as human beings. Fear is like the illusion of your safety being uh, threatened. That's one definition of fear. You know, your safety is being threatened. And sometimes that is not real. Sometimes we make those things up. You ever work yourself into a frenzy where you feel unsafe? <laughs> Doesn't mean anything's real, but that's how we can work ourselves into a state of fear. We make up a bunch of stories and fairy tales and make things worse. We can do that. Shame is this experience, uh, you'd say like uh, emotional exposure in some ways to the experience of being flawed. Flawed, shame. I know that we're unacceptable in some way and how detrimental shame can be. The experience of it and how uh, encapsulating it can be, shame, that I'm flawed, so best I not make efforts because I'll probably just screw it up anyways, <laughs> go something like that. And so fear and shame have a way of unwinding vulnerability. And you could look at vulnerability as more emotional exposure. <laughs> And it's more around the willingness to be seen, heard, and known, and taking that risk with people, which is no simple risk at times, especially if you're experiencing fear or shame. It's the last thing we want to do. It's like, forget it. I don't feel good about myself. I don't feel safe. So I am not going to take the risk and put myself out there in case I'm harmed, made fun of, rejected embarrassed, humiliated, these things that are attached to fear and shame. And so there's some consequences attached to fear and shame, and I'll walk you through those, and there's some distinctions up on the board for you visual types. <laughs> Stress and poor decisions that exploit the extremes. That's what fear and shame ultimately do. We can make some poor decisions based on fear and shame. That's the tendency. And those poor decisions exploit the extremes. And it's like, okay, what are the extremes? Well, life is a bunch of extremes. And you could say, okay, 
I'm going to listen. I'm not going to listen. Those are extremes. I'm going to say a lot. I'm going to say nothing. Those are extremes. I'm going to overeat. I'm going to undereat. I'm going to overexercise, underexercise. I'm going to oversleep, undersleep. All of these things that we play out in the extremes. And so our poor decision making based on fear and shame can exploit the extremes. And so we're living out in the extremes. There's an absence of balance. And there's some heavy consequences attached to that. Each poor decision is an indication of how useless I am. <laughs> that is a steep, 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 steep perspective. That each, each poor decision I make is just an indication and evidence that I'm a useless individual. And the idea is to relate to this conversation. You've been here before. You've been on the edge of this conversation, no question. Because I'm so useless, I deserve to be punished. Punished. And we're amazing at punishing ourselves. That's how we can move out into the extremes. You said something stupid. You did something stupid. You don't deserve to be loved. You overate. Now I'm going to punish you with running a marathon. <laughs> I don't know. However you punish yourself. And there's going to be many ways that you punish yourself. And poor decisions move us out in the extremes where we're making even more poor decisions, where we have this perspective that we're useless. That can happen. Shame encompasses that. And we have a way of berating ourselves. One way that we do that is through language. If you ever stop and pause really and listen to yourself and how you speak to yourself, you'll get a good sense of the punisher that you are and the brutality that you have in treating yourself. And if that's the conversation you're having, just imagine how that manifests into emotions and then behaviors. It's intense. And out in the extremes, we can do very strange things to ourselves. Starve ourselves to death. Drop substances into ourselves to death. Cut ourselves. I don't know, all sorts of different things. I'll keep myself small and cowardice in an effort to hide my inadequacies. And we can do that. We can hide ourselves in plain sight. It's very strange. As we move with people in our families, in our work environments, in our romantic relationships, all of it, we can hide right in plain sight. It's fascinating how we can do that. And that would be a good question to ask yourself. How do I hide in plain sight? And what you'll notice is there's some strategies you have to hide in plain sight. And what that's attached to. It's attached to this conversation for sure that you're hiding something about yourself that you don't want others to see and how detrimental that can be, certainly in relationship. And if you expand that out, it's very strange because what you'll start to notice is the people that you're closest to don't really know you. They know parts of you, but they don't really know you fully. And then you can say, well, is anybody going to ever know me fully? And it's like, of course not. <laughs> 
but we can hold ourselves back and only show certain parts of ourselves that we want to present. The proclivity, proclivity to remain unacceptable and deadened. I choose to remain unacceptable and I'll hide myself because I am so unacceptable. I'm full of in inadequacies and people won't accept me anyway, so best I hide myself. Best I not take the risks of opening myself and exposing myself just in case somebody sees all of my inadequacies and notices how useless I am. And so no thank you. I choose not to do that. And that's how fear and shame can lead us into this deadened experience. Having a place like this for the last 12 years, whew, I've seen all sorts of people come through these doors and all sorts of characters. And some people walk through these doors like they're the walking dead. The walking dead. There's very little life attached to them. They're suppressed, heavy, weighted. And it's associated with this conversation in some ways. They, have, don't, they don't have much to pull on because there's not much there. Which is tough. It's a tough way to live the life, a life, and especially a good life. The opposing force in all this is vulnerability and choosing vulnerability, which is very difficult to do. And you have to convince yourself to do such a thing. I'll share an experience with you when it comes to fear and shame. What of my own? <laughs> when I look back at how I grew up in the family dynamic and some of the practices uh, the family had and uh, some of the practices my parents passed down to me and my sisters, they're associated with fear and shame. That's what was being practiced in the house. Not all the time, of course, but at times, absolutely. One of the ways fear was uh, passed on to us was through the practice of having any meaningful conversations behind closed doors. So there's an element of secrecy is one way of putting it. That anything meaningful in the family was always discussed behind closed doors where we were excluded from those conversations. And so we didn't get to hear anything that was like real life in some ways and how to confront challenges and work through challenges. Those conversations were not happening. So what was happening was fear was present in the household. And the secrecy was so prevalent. I didn't notice it then, obviously, because I was little me trying to figure this thing out. Like, what's going on? Oh, they're behind closed doors again. It must be something that's important. And there was that experience of feeling excluded. And it also produced this experience of shame because me as an individual, but us as a family, we were under-equipped. We weren't a family unit. We were split, broken in some ways, not trying to figure out family matters together. And I carried those practices, and I still do in a whole host of different ways. They're so ingrained in me. And the secrecy has been, hmm, <laughs> feel some emotions coming up. How much the secrecy has cost me in my life. I'm a very uh, secretive, in some ways, um, individual. And it's a practice that was passed on to me in the family dynamic. And 
there is an element of mistrust in that, that don't trust other people. That was one of the messages. And that's something I have to confront often, is my lack of trust of other people. Because if I attempt to share myself with people, most likely it's going to be used against me to hurt me. And I have lots of evidence to support that in my life because it's happened many times over. And I imagine that's true for you in various different ways as well. And so that's how fear and shame played out in uh, my upbringing, was there's the secrecy and then ultimately left feeling unequipped. Unequipped to handle serious issues. And that's been difficult for me in my life in a whole host of different ways because of the tendency is to be secretive, not let people in. And what I was challenged with was dealing with things on my own, which is not a good idea. Because I only know what I know, and it's not that much. And so dealing with complex issues, we need support at times. Not all the time, but certainly at times. And so that has been a detrimental practice that I've had and how fear and shame have uh, coincided or worked off of each other in various different ways. And the consequence is I was not vulnerable. There's no practice around it. I saw no value in being vulnerable because it wasn't established in the household. It wasn't taught in various different ways. And so it's been a practice for me in a whole host of different ways of attempting to expose myself to other people which is a weird thing to say out loud, but you know, it's like this emotional exposure. It's like putting myself out there in various different ways and seeing what happens. And over the years, I've been building out this other experience where, wow, people are actually trustworthy. They can actually be with me and support me, and there's value here. And I like it. I can establish a whole other practice with people, and I feel better as a consequence. Of course, not all the time, but more often than what I was experiencing before. And that's been like, a, like this grinding experience in various different ways, like trying to pull myself out of a place that I don't want to be. But I was only willing to do that by seeing how detrimental that posture was, that place was of fear and shame, and how much it was costing me, especially over a span of time. And so the other board up here is around vulnerability and the benefits of vulnerability, and there's many. And the attempt here during our time together today and in program is to shift your perspective and experience around vulnerability because this is the gateway into everything you want. That's the consideration. It is the gateway into everything you say you want. It's the moving out of silence and into conversation, and that's the exposure. The courage generated as a consequence of confronting your vulnerability. That yes, I am flawed. I have my inadequacies. I don't know everything. <laughs> but here I am. I have a lot to offer, even in the midst of who I am. I still have plenty to offer. And that's what I'm attempting to do. And if that's the message you can send yourself, it's a good message. It's the admission of how pathetic you actually are. <laughs> and that is an interesting perspective to take on, that we are absolutely pathetic in so many different ways, especially where we don't know things. It's the very thing we don't want to admit. Because it opposes how right we want to be about everything. <laughs> 
And sometimes we're willing to die with a righteousness versus learn something. And so vulnerability is this admission of, yes, I am pathetic. I don't know everything. I need help. I'm useless in this area of my life. I can't figure out my finances. I can't figure out my diet. I can't figure out my schedule. I can't figure out this problem I have. I'm pathetic. It's an interesting way of seeing yourself. And to admit that releases a lot of not only fear as well as shame. From the admission comes the opportunity to reward yourself for any forward movement. You're starting at the baseline. So any forward movement from, from that point up, you can reward yourself. Say, yay, well done. You're making movement and I see you making movement, beautiful self. You can see that in your yoga mat. Some pose that you don't like, you're concerned about. Then all of a sudden, over a week or two weeks, it's like, oh my goodness, I'm in this pose. So from fear and potentially shame to this reward system that you're building for yourself. And it's essential that you have a sound reward system, that you have the capacity to reward yourself for good behavior. This is often an area within ourselves that's underdeveloped, the ability to reward ourselves for good behavior. And we need it, absolutely need it. As you unwind your pathology of fear and shame, there lies the freedom of human dignity. Yeah, you can stand in this experience that you have worth, you have value, you have dignity, and best you treat yourself that way. If you're unwilling to treat yourself that way, who's going to treat you that way? Nobody. Why would they? And how important it is to have that posture, that experience, that space for you, that you're holding yourself to this particular edge that I have value, I have worth, and best you treat me that way. The establishment of potential meaning and expansion. This is where growth occurs and change happens. And it happens through vulnerability, the very place you don't want to go, <laughs> especially where you're feeling some challenges in your life. It's the last place you want to be vulnerable. But that's the demand. That's the request that has to be made. So then the idea is to redefine your relationship to vulnerability and see the value and worth of choosing it and developing a practice around it. For those in the training last night, in some ways you defined your relationship to vulnerability last night through a question and an answer. I asked you what you want to feel more of in your life. I asked you that question last night. What do you want to feel more of in your life? When you walk out of this place eight days from now, what do you want to feel? That's the definition of vulnerability for you. You're going to have to unwind yourself completely to get yourself closer to that experience. That's the sacrifice. And you have many opportunities to choose what you want to feel more of in your life. And what you'll notice in that equation is sometimes you'll choose and sometimes you're not, but ideally you're choosing it more often than not. And so these are ways that we can define our relationship to vulnerability, and you can expand that out to all of you here. What do you want to feel more of in your life? You could say that is your definition of vulnerability. And if you want it, you'll have to change your entire life to get it. 
That's what's so profound about this. You ought to change your entire life. And so that's the ask, that's the request, that's the demand in some ways. And that's what's so brilliant about this beautiful practice called yoga. <laughs> yoga, yoga, yoga. Is if you can use your practices to support you changing in the ways you know you need to change to support you holding this experience, what that could mean to you. And so that's the attempt this morning. You'll be offered many practices. Practices, some you like, some you won't. What you'll notice in the practices you don't like, you have a decision to make. What's going to move you? You're just going to kind of go through the motions or just like slough off and, you know, I don't really like this and these kinds of things. It's going to lead you to a place you don't want to go, which is called fear and shame, where you have no access to vulnerability. Practice the practices, whether you like them or not, and put your full effort into them. More effort than you feel you can even generate in the moment. Like that level of demand. And in that, you'll change. That's a great thing. And so take that to your practice this morning. What do you want to feel more of? Are you using your practices in a way that supports you getting there through sacrifice and a reward structure? You up for that? Okay. Well, I think that's great. Certainly nice to be with you. And just out of curiosity, what did you hear in this conversation? Anything strike you? Pop up? Stand out? Anything mean anything to you? Speaking of vulnerability, giving you an opportunity to be vulnerable right now. I'm so sneaky. How hard it is. Yes, absolutely. Well said. It's a strange thing to admit, right? It's like, yeah, I've been hiding. <laughs> and I'm good at it, and I don't want to give it up. <laughs> That's what's so fascinating. It's like, why would we give up something we're so good at that gets us something? So well said. I like that. So as you move into practice, do not tolerate hiding. Push yourself out of that. That's the exposure. That's the vulnerability. Give up all your tactics. Games, cloaks, costumes, give them all up. Do that in your practice. That's the calling. <laughs> yes, invitation to freedom. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for that. And that requires great effort. Absolutely. So let that be the case this morning. You put in a great effort. All right, you beautiful beings, we're going to move into practice. We will. <laughs>